Welcome to Invest Stories, a podcast about real stories, real estate, and taking real action. Join hosts John Cooper and Kyle Robertson as they talk investing, mindset, and taking that first step. We all have a story. What's yours? The Invest Stories Podcast. Welcome to Tuesday Techers. I know it's a cliche name. Uh, Investories podcast is all about adding value, all about adding those digestible bits of content and information. And we're super excited to bring you part two of this interview. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, Please reach out to us anytime you have any questions or just want to connect or say hi or say we're doing really well or hey, you could even say we're not doing well, but please don't do that. Uh, Investories podcast at gmail.com and investories pod on your socials and we look forward to hearing from you and uh without further ado here's part two yeah well free freeze a loose term right and i love that and and for those um you know i i was sort of skeptical of grant cardone but the messaging in in a lot of his books is really solid um 10x is is a really good book it's kind of like um a slap in the face like you you're thinking too small i I really enjoy that um totally that message yeah it kind of uh it's good to hear sometimes yeah no he he's actually from the same so i'm i'm from louisiana so is Mm -hmm. he so i uh you know i kind of related a lot to uh his like upbringing and the way he talks so it's it's funny no that's awesome um you did say earlier that you teamed up did you team up or you worked with or for a uh private money lender yeah, so I I was a W two employee for that uh, for that fund, um, and basically I was a outside salesman uh, traveling from Austin to Tampa, meeting with guys like me now that need money for their projects and financing for their projects. So I got to see from like a lender's perspective how those guys operate, what their needs are, and then I utilized my past construction experience to really be able to know how to talk the language. Um, you know, their payment process, their draw process throughout the construction phase and all that type of stuff. So, yeah. And I guess invi- advisory to the, to the company, right. That you're in terms of risk and, and kind of underwriting that risk. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So there was a, there was already a knowledge base of kind of the process that they were going through. Just my knowledge base was more just strictly a general contractor in the commercial side of things dealing with 25 to 75 million dollar construction budgets mm-hmm. and then when i got with the lender those construction budgets that i was dealing with were on a way smaller scale to you know call it anywhere from five hundred thousand to you know two million dollar construction budgets so you're like oh, this is easy yeah <laughs> I, mean, not, I mean you know i, I was it, it wasn't really like this is easy but it was just like you know what i can do this yeah you know you know, it's, you know, it's just understanding the process and the dollar values and how the financing works is key. Yeah. And I, I deal with contracts a lot and, and actually this, it's like a scale rather than like this, the same challenges or the same features are there on like pretty much everything. Obviously the larger it gets, the the kind of more risk there is as a number, but the, the fundamentals kind of remain the same. Very um, true. In, in terms of, I wanted to switch to kind of what you guys, what you do now. Um, in terms of for people that don't know what infill development is what is it yeah so um i guess we can uh you know i don't know the who's going to be listening to this but we'll start in tampa florida so in tampa the neighborhoods that i'm interested in are uh beach park sunset park and uh davis islands so in in those neighborhoods um 
what I do is I look for older houses uh, that are zoned residentially um, that, you know, are 50 to 70 years old. And so then I run the numbers, uh, see what newer homes that are being built close by sell for. Um, and then I submit an offer on the lot, go through due diligence, close on the lot, uh, and then end up building, you know, get uh, approved plans and permits to build a new structure and then hire my general contracting company to build that um, new new house, which can take that whole process from the purchase of the land to, to until the end of construction is anywhere from, you know, call it 12 to 18 months, depending on how long the approval process takes from the city. So I basically replicate that same thing in Austin, Texas. In Austin, it's your uh, Zilker, Barton Hills, Travis Heights area, um, in your Terrytown area in Crestview, uh, which are just already established neighborhoods, popular neighborhoods where new uh, luxury homes and townhome projects are being built. And I just hire my own general contracting company to build the product. In Texas, there is no general contractor's license requirement. So, John, you can literally create a general contracting business today in Texas and say that you're going to build a house. So it's like wow. pretty, pretty wild. And so then the third market would be San Diego, um, and the areas of interest there are uh, Point Loma, North Park, Ocean Beach, Pacific Beach. Um, and then, you know, I buy the lot, go through the approval process to build, and then hire my general contracting business to, uh, to build the product. So it's, it's an already established neighborhoods. It's like basically the neighborhoods that you drive through all the time. So they're mm-hmm. always being seen not like in the middle of nowhere where there's no where there's nothing uh, developed yet so that's that's what infill residential got it um, development is yeah love that no that's really really useful um and north park's a great neighborhood that's that's kind of on my on my radar that's where i'd like to own something of you know six unit high quality kitschy kind of retro vintage kind of yeah that's uh, the thing about north park is it's very um artsy so you get like a lot of uh, you get a lot of units. You can build you know a lot of units, a lot of ADUs on um, single lots. Um, and uh, I just I, I tell this to people a lot, just to, uh, so so that they understand the differences between the cities that I'm involved in. But um, Tampa, Florida, is basically like a double A market, uh, just as far as like the um, difficultiness of the development. Austin would be like a triple A. And then San Diego is about a is you know a major league market. It, it's just it's way harder to get in um, involved. It takes way longer to get approvals to build. Um, but the, yeah. the good thing about San Diego is that you get you know massive returns on the backside because the in values are so high. Yeah, and the and the yeah the rents are pretty uh, pretty quick at going up around here. Well, they they go up fairly um, fairly quick um, in terms of. So you, those those three markets, in terms of the changes in the last twelve months, so we've seen a lot of um, a lot of kind of changes in rates, things like that. But maybe more on the on the specifics of the market, and then probably the projections of the next twelve months. What what are the kind of big big changes that are coming up? Well, I mean, as everybody knows, the interest rates were increased um, just to basically kind of stop the inflation. I think the uh, the government just forcefully did that just because there was just so much inflation growth in the whole country. Um, but 
it's actually affected, you know, being involved in multiple places, uh, I kind of be, you know, I'm able to see the differences uh, of the impact of what that, of, of what's happened in those uh, regions. And so, for example, Tampa is kind of held pretty strong. Uh, it's dropped maybe five to 10%. Uh, but in the areas that I'm involved in, you know, Sunset Park, Beach Park, and uh, Davis Island, uh, where I'm looking at deals, um, you know, the values have held strong, maybe dropped a little bit um, on the on the buy-in side, um, and and on the exit side. Uh, in in Austin, uh, Austin out of the three places that I'm looking at and involved in has dropped the most. Um, I think over the last two to three years, Austin saw massive inflation um, increase. Just you know, somebody's buying buying a lot at this price. The next year, it's like increased by three hundred to four hundred thousand, and then that just kept going for for you know a handful of years. Mm-hmm. So Austin's dropped about thirty percent. Wow, on the backside. So, for example, um, the lots that I'm looking at in the Zilker, Barton Hills, Travis Heights, Terrytown areas, um, we're selling you know in a range of like one point four to one point six million. And these are old homes. These are like 800 to 1,200 square feet houses wow. that would, you know, that were built in the 60s. So uh, they were just, you know, why it was so expensive was because of where they're located in, in the city. It just was a, like advantageous spot. So a year ago, they're in that price range of 1.4 to 1.6. Now they're being listed about a year later. They're being listed at like one million to one point four million. Wow. Um, okay. But the but the issue is is that the backside uh, values of the new construction homes has dropped so much, has dropped 35 percent that those lots are really worth seven hundred fifty thousand to like nine hundred fifty thousand. So what's happening in Austin is that I've got you know. 10 offers out there at the $750,000, $800,000 range, but people are wanting 1.1 to 1.2 for these teardown <laughs> lots. So it's just, you know, that's why I think that, you know, to answer your question on what's going to happen in the next, you know, 12 months, I think, uh, you know, I don't like to play devil's advocate and I'm a really positive person all the time, mm-hmm. but I think that the market's going to continue to drop down a little bit longer, maybe to like the next four to six months, especially yeah. in, in Austin. To where we'll see a lot of those lots I'm referring to in the city go closer to 800 to 900, maybe even 700,000. So um, Austin's taking the biggest hit. It's like it's at a standstill right now. Like a lot of people are having difficulty buying lots in my in my role um, or like with like what I do in the residential infill world, uh, residential infill development world because of that. And so. I've kind of diverted my attention to the Tampa and San Diego markets because of that. So, um, and then the third place, San Diego, uh, has, you know, I submitted an offer in Carlsbad last week. Uh, it, it was listed at, I think 1.1 at the last second, they increased the, the, um, offer price to, or the listing price to like 1.3. Um, and so, you know, I had two hours to submit an offer. So I'm on the phone with the realtor He's like, dude, we got to hurry up. And then I submitted a over asking price offer and I still lost out. So it's like what's what's happening is, is the San Diego market has, has seemed to remain strong um, and continue to move forward. 
Austin's taking a massive step back, and then Tampa's kind of taking a little step back. So overview picture of all three of those places has been like really interesting to see with the rising interest rates. But I, I still think it's going to um, – like there's still going to be a drop in the next six – six months until that, we start that was i mean I, I do a little bit of reading on it and that that was my my take is we still have high prices uh in certain areas we still have high interest rates something has to has to give i, I obviously look from a residential perspective and um it's like well when homes no longer are affordable the price has to either come down or the rate has to come down so i guess we'll, yeah. everyone's waiting to see which one that is Right. But you, I mean, like, especially in those three cities, I mean, again, I mean, I'm being totally honest here. I don't actually know if this is true or not. I just hear everybody say this, but I hear everybody say all the time is like, you know, there's a, there's a housing shortage, right? Um, yeah. And really all three of those markets, like you hear that all the time. If, is that true? I have absolutely no idea, but you know, I hear it all the time. And so mm-hmm. if that's the case, then, you know, we have a housing shortage with people trying to buy and develop new homes. And, you know, there's been a, a slowdown of that. So, you know, maybe more people are renting, they're, you know, getting into apartments versus like buying a house. And so it's just, it's been an interesting, interesting time. I think that's the case. And then that will mean rents can kind of go gangbusters basically to, I know, to literally. Absorb so people. That's, yeah, that's what I, that, that's what I've heard as well. Is it like now the, now the, you know, if you own real estate and you're renting out, your piece of real estate, you have a massive leg to stand on and be like, Hey, you know, I'm going to increase these rents, you know, downtown San Diego, downtown Austin, downtown Tampa, mm-hmm. you know, they're, everybody's increasing their stuff right now. Now that's, that's, it's super interesting. In ter- we were talking about rates in terms of, um, you know, financing a project. Can you break down what a, a typical project would look like, how you um, manage the financing piece of it? Yeah. So there's, there's multiple ways of going about doing that. So, uh, you have your um, um, uh, like your banks, which are your um, uh, primary market. I couldn't think of the word. I'm like first, first. Uh, anyways, primary market, which are uh, the banks, which are around. You know, a year ago they were around like the four to five percent range, um, interest rate range, and now things have escalated so much that banks are around the six to eight and even nine percent range. Um, which makes the secondary markets like your hard money lenders um, and your private money lenders in the 10 to 14 to even 15 percent range currently. So um, you fast, you know, you go backwards, excuse me, uh, a year ago. And like I was saying, banks were at four to five percent and the hard money, private money world was at the um, seven to nine percent range. So it was a lot, you know, people, all those lenders wanted to get a lot more loans done at, at that time. It was just like a lot hotter because the rate was so much lower. But how there's there's three different scenarios on how I underwrite a deal in order to project the financing structure of a project. So the first one is a uh, I, I refer to it as a combo loan. Um, that is where the lender comes in, whether it's a bank or private money and they fund a portion of the land acquisition. So if, say, for example, I find a lot, I find a lot in, in North Park that I like and I want to submit an offer on it and I get it. Well, the lender will you know, say it's like a, you know, a million-dollar lot. The lender will cover up to you know, a certain percentage of that lot purchase price, and then they'll have a construction holdback loan that I can draw from once the project 
starts going vertical and I start building. The second scenario is a, um, a cash out option to where I buy the land 100% cash. So in this case, I'd spend a million dollars buying the lot instead of around 600 to 700,000. So I'm more money out of pocket on this, but then after I get approved plans and permits and X amount of months to build the project, then I'm able to get cash back um, to be able to use that cash within the project to build the project forward. The third option is a construction loan only where it's similar to the cash out to where I put down 100% on the, on the land. So I put down a million dollars for that North Park deal. And then once I get approved plans and permits, then the lender comes in and I don't get any cash back. I just get a construction loan for the actual vertical construction. So that process vary that the timeline of that process varies. In Austin and Tampa, it can last anywhere from uh, 12 to 24 months, uh, depending on if you're doing a single family house or you know four to eight unit townhome project, you know two to four unit or two to eight unit townhome project. Um, in San Diego, though, it's uh, a longer process because the city takes longer to review the, the and approve the plans and permits. So um, the the combo loan option in San Diego is kind of thrown out because if I'm trying to get an 18-month loan in San Diego um, for the dirt and construction, they're going to take, you know, 6 to 12 months on a on a fast track to get the approved plans and permits and say it's 12 months that means i only have six months left to build the project and so which is obviously we all know that's that can't happen and so ultimately when i'm purchasing a lot in san diego i would have to come to the table with a a million dollars to purchase that new that uh north park lot and then hopefully just the city approves the plans and call it eight months and then from there that's when i can go go to a lender and say hey look i have approved plans i have approved permits this is where the lot said this is what i paid for the lot can you give me a cash out loan so i can get money back so i can move the project forward and build it or can you just give me a construction loan amazing wow that's uh that's a comprehensive answer i really like that Thank yeah you. yeah Thank you for listening to this episode of Investories podcast. And uh, as you can imagine, we're super stoked with that content, amazing strategies, amazing techniques um, that we've really been able to dig into. And uh, we're looking forward to bringing kind of the next phase of that, which is really all about uh, the case study kind of real world examples and how you can do the same. We're going to call it Wednesday Wins and we're going to tackle that on the next episode. Thank you for listening to the Investories Podcast. We all have a story. What's yours? The Investories Podcast.